So this one isn't going to be too much of a drinking one. I decided that it's only Wednesday um, and I don't want to get completely blasted just yet. So I have apple juice that I'm about to finish. Lame. I'm drinking, though. That Now it's a drinky winky one. I can go make another drink if you want. No, it's fine. Let's go ahead and get started. Tuning in to Gay Space Rocks, a Steven Universe watching podcast where we watch Steven Universe. I am your host, Brian. I use he, him pronouns. You can find me on the internet at RoomWearPod, and you can find the podcast on the internet at Gay Space Pod. With me, as always, is my tongue flailing friend, August. Hello, I'm August. I do occasionally look up at the sky and go argle blargle. Um, you can find me on the internet at Harpydora, and my pronouns are they them. Uh, everybody, uh, we're going to start a new segment. We kind of started it two, two episodes ago when we talked about the Matrix. Hey, everybody, it's Brian, just kind of cutting in on myself here. August and I are about to go on a pretty in-depth political rant about just like a lot of things. Um, so if you just don't want to hear about politics and like the awful real world, totally understand, skip ahead to the 10 minute mark and you should be pretty much past it. Also, I want to give a big shout out to Lou who made our season three art and I, my dumbass, forgot to mention it uh, in the actual episode. Uh, but our new season four art, not season three, Jesus Christ. Uh, season four art was done by Lou. Lou is amazing. Uh, Lou has done all of the Gay Space Rocks uh, logos uh, since season one. Uh, We really appreciate Lou's work. Uh, Goodbye again. Again, skip to the 10 minute mark if you don't want to hear about politics. Bye. Uh, But this is our new segment uh, called uh, August and Brian Live in Hell World and we cannot contain talking about it anymore. (laughs) <laughs> I thought we were just going to name it Fuck Joe Biden. <laughs> the fuck jo- No, because, like, I'm mad at other things that aren't explicitly Joe Biden. Crypto isn't Joe Biden's yeah, but fault, it's... but he's not doing anything about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, God. NFTs are ruining my life, so is the United States government. Basically, you know, regular day. Yeah. Just just your normal day in our capitalist cyberpunk hellscape. It's hell, hell world. They're, so I was talking to August about this audience, but I am. Uh, so, OK, if you're out there and you're like, wow, there's a lot of articles about how China is handling the pandemic. There's a reason for that. And this isn't this is no sort of um, glorification of the the tyrannical government of the Chinese state. Um more and more i'm convinced maybe all governments are bad and i'm just a person who's gonna live in the woods one day uh the old the older i get just the more uh tired of large hegemonic systems of government weird how that's happening uh but 
fucking just the media blitz uh, of the like of the U.S. government trying to push down that, hey, maybe uh, lockdowns and quarantines work in controlling this fucking disease that is ravaging our country uh, is just driving me fucking nuts. Well, I mean, capitalism is a death cult, sad jazz hands. The meat machine. Gotta feed it. Gotta feed the meat machine meat. Yep. Uh, Yep. And then NFTs uh, are everywhere, but also in the last, like, three days, crypto has lost a trillion and a half dollars in value. So, like, (laughs) who's winning winning now, crypto bros? (sighs) Blah. Meanwhile, Joe Rogan did a four-hour podcast, a large section of which is climate change? Not real, bro. Just asking questions, bro. Oh, Fucking my God. Joe, Joe Rogan is a plague on this fucking planet. I wish he would just talk about UFC on his fucking podcast. That's all I wish he would care. I cared for him to talk about and frankly i don't even care about his opinion on that because he and dana white can fuck off into the sun um i love combat sports i fucking hate dana white i he's he is vince mcmahon is a fucking monster dude like vince mcmahon is like a horrible goblin creature um but like i get like vince mcmahon's bullshit right like, but Dana White is just trying to project himself as something he's not. Vince never fucking pretends to be anything he's not. He's like, I'm a craving capitalist piece of shit. And everybody's like, yeah, okay, yeah. Uh, you played that on television. You literally played yourself on television, Vince. Uh, mm-hmm. Dana White likes to project himself as, like, above above the carny bullshit that is wrestling. When UFC is just the WWE, but they don't fix the fucking fights. And it's like, uh, sorry, I don't know why I'm ranting about this because I got mad at Joe Rogan. But uh, yeah. did you like the collective roster of the UFC makes like something like 18 million dollars, which sounds like a lot of money until you realize that Connor or not Connor McGregor, but um, uh, what's the, the big tall boxer guy? Tyson Fury made 30 million in one fight. And he only fights, like, once every two fucking years. Uh, And this is not to say that boxing is somehow less strenuous on your body than mixed martial arts is. They're both hard on you in completely different ways. Uh, But I think we can both agree that these people who literally go out there and put their bodies on the line for entertainment maybe deserve more fucking money than that because they have a very limited window on being able to do this. Mhm. <sighs> See, I'm just over here like it was it was like nine o'clock this morning when I saw a, a news notification about like the the rising tensions between Russia and Ukraine and how Joe Biden's trying to fucking uh, 
perform some diplomacy and I'm just sitting here like, dear God, why is this the man who's sitting between us and potential all out thermonuclear war? Listen, all right. Everybody uh, listen to the sounds of my tinfoil rustling as I put my hat on. I I don't think we're going to a is not going to devolve into thermonuclear war because Russia's too savvy politically and realizes that like, you know, that level of disruption of like the world e- economy is bad for them. Um, hmm. But we're going to fight another yeah. foxy pro- fucking proxy war in Ukraine. I feel it in my fucking bones. I mean, I don't I there's. There's going to be something. NATO has been. There's going to be something. NATO has been itching for this fucking fight for a hot minute. Anyway, sorry, guys. I know this is what you came to the Steven Universe podcast to hear. You should put timestamps in. I probably will. But yeah, just. Oh, my God. I saw that at nine o'clock and by nine thirty, I was just like, I'm I'm done with this fucking world. But I still had the rest of my work day to go. So. I fucking did that, and then I had a drink, and then I realized it's Wednesday, and I it's too early in the week for me to get as blitzed as I want to be. So now I'm sipping apple juice. You're an adult, but it's like, you know, you can eat ice cream anytime you want. You can also drink anytime you want. Yeah, I know, but also like, if I eat too much ice cream, that's bad for my stomach. If I drink too much on a Wednesday night, that's bad for my work week. <laughs> But, you know, fun times. Fun times. Have you watched any cartoons, August? Do we have any cartoon news? Uh, I can't think of anything. I want to say something. Oh, fuck. I know what I'm thinking of. What's that? This is the week. It's happening this week. What's happening this week? Vox Machina. Oh, fuck. I have that shit muted. (laughs) Uh, Oh, my God. Hey, if you all go to our go, we don't have a Patreon. Sorry, I was about to pitch the Patreon. We don't have one. (laughs) Uh, We are we are the cross section show that does not have a Patreon. Uh, If you want to send us money, uh, I'll give you a link. If you if you if we make enough money, I'm not going to put a number on it. We just we're going to know when it's enough money. We'll all, we'll, rev- we'll we'll also watch Vox Machina. We can we can review it. Oh my god! <laughs> Why would you do this to me, Brian? Um, I thought we were friends. God, what a fucking shit show! News. I typed cartoon news into Google just to see what popped up, mm-hmm. and all I got was political cartoons. And I'm like, God damn it! The lowest form of art. Uh... Well, I mean, Google was listening and uh, heard what we were just talking about and was trying to provide. (laughs) Um, Uh, I did watch a cartoon. What'd you watch? Okay, so um, I'm actually going to include a couple of things in this. The first couple of things I watched the, what was it, two and a half hour documentary that um, Dan Olson did about NFTs, which was incredibly... Incredibly good. Yeah, I watched that as well. Um, well worth the watch. Uh, it's easy to pick up and put down. It's broken up into bite-sized chapters. It mm-hmm. really doesn't feel like two and a half hours. Um, but then I fell up, fell down the Dan Olson rabbit hole. I, I ended up to. watching. 
ended up watching the uh, thing he did where he broke down the nostalgia critics, uh, the wall. The wall cover? Yes, yeah. I watched that too. <laughs> What? This is unfortunately we share the same brain cell sometimes. It's really awkward. Nostalgic. So, uh, Quentin Reviews, who you might know as the iCarly guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he had a series called Fallen Titans. I don't think he's doing it anymore. I think he's just been absorbed into iCarly. I think that's all he does now. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, he has an episode on the Nostalgia Critic that is just. I for what I never got into the nostalgia critics stuff or that entire ecosystem passed me by. Oh boy. Uh, I don't know how I avoided it. Oh buddy, I got s- Yeah. I got some stories. Yeah, I got some I stories, know, man. I don't know how I didn't watch the nostalgia critics shit because that is the that that is the the that is the section of the internet in which I tread. Mhm. Um but I have See, no affinity for him. I've watched maybe one of his videos. Uh, maybe I, maybe it's because it was cringe from the jump. <laughs> uh, See, my ex-wife loved, loved uh, stuff like that. Um, loved the Nostalgia Critic. We watched the Nostalgia Chick. Um, one of our friends uh, was on channel the Channel Awesome ecosystem. I've heard some shit. Um, it's... <laughs> Buck fucking wild. Oh, did she say that Lindsay Ellis got bullied off of Twitter? I think she got bullied off the internet. Oh, I think so. Maybe. I think I think she just quit. Could be. She posted Weird. a thing on Patreon about like mm-hmm. not doing things anymore. So I think she got bullied off the internet at least temporarily. Probably have her a little bit. We say that we say bullied off the internet. Lindsay Ellis made some real bad takes, then doubled down on those takes. Uh, and then quit instead of like becoming a more ra- well-rounded person. Yeah. So. Yeah, but I did see that. Um, if only the, this worked for J.K. Rowling. I know, right? Um, the other thing I watched, um, I decided to go ahead and with Anya, we watched the first episode of Archive Eighty One. Um, I do not remember specifically in our discord. Yeah. So it's, they, they appear to have toned down, uh, Melody's relationship because Melody is married. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't remember quite enough about the first season to really do like a blow by blow comparison, but you know, standing on its own, it's not bad. I enjoy the actor they got to play Dan. Um, I enjoy the actress they got to play Melody. Um, it's fine. I want to watch more. It um, is wild to me that network genre shows are still scared to put gays in their show. When I look at the CW of all places and like both Supergirl and Batwoman are just chock full of the gays. Yeah. We never thought I would give a big shout out to the CW. We live <laughs> a show in that wild. apparently has literally our network that has literally never made money, apparently. Yeah, we we live in a wild fucking timeline, that's for sure. But um, Archive 81 did a pretty good job at like building building a certain mood and a certain vibe um, there. 
you know, it's it's interesting. Want to watch more. Um, it also makes me want to go back and re-listen to the podcast. I don't know how they're going to do season two because season two takes a left turn and gets buck fucking wild. But they may just not and just do a different like just interpret a new story themselves because at some point they're going to have to, I imagine. Yeah. And I mean, like, unfortunately, they may do like what they did with Altered Carbon and just completely skip the second one entirely and go on to the third one. Which is a shame because, well, okay, Richard K. Morgan is a fucking transphobic asshole and like his work doesn't really deserve uh, any attention, but I still have fond memories of the Altered Carbon series. Um, I really enjoyed the second book, which had to deal with uh, with Martians, which was really fun. I mean, there's so, a lot of, of weird alien shit in season two of Altered Carbon. It's it's not the same. It's okay. it's not the same. Like they it, they they lifted most of season two of the show from book three, which was ultimately my least favorite book. Um, but at any rate, um, yeah, uh, might be worth checking out Archive 81. It's, it's really spoopy, very enjoyable from the first episode. So we'll see if we watch more. I want to, we'll see if it happens. Um, I continue to watch, uh, the book of Boba Fett. Apparently mm -hmm. lots of the internet hates this show and I think it's fun. I don't think it's good, uh, but lots of Star Wars is bad. <laughs> I don't know. Like as a person who's watched the entirety of the Clone Wars, Rebels, mm -hmm. uh, couldn't make it through that one, uh, that one show that was on the like weird sea doc. Um, just never really got into that one. It stayed way too kitty. Um, I watched the bad. I watched the entirety of the Bad Batch, and that show was meh at best. Mm. Um, I think uh, Temwar Morrison is good as Boba Fett. I I like Finnick Shad, Shad, Finnick Shad. Can't remember mm -hmm. whatever fucking Star Wars names. Uh, this most recent episode had Mandalorian in it. The Mandalorian. Uh, I don't give a fuck what his real name is. It's Mandalorian and Baby Yoda until the fucking sun burns out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, though this most recent episode was basically just an episode of The Mandalorian and only vaguely tied into, like, the Book of Boba Fett, which I like, A, I like westerns, and B, I like weird crime uh, dramas, like, your boy loves the gangs of New York, a, sh a movie that is fucking terrible, <laughs> uh, but great also because of how fucking dumb it is. Uh, and that is what I am lo loving about Book of Boba Fett. It is the gangs of New York of Star Wars. Oh, uh, my God. So it's pretty fun to me. Uh, I've also been watching the Peacemaker. Apparently... Okay, so when I said, like, last time Peacemaker had come out and I watched the first episode, the first three episodes had dropped and I didn't realize it. <laughs> so I went back and watched four episodes of Peacemaker. Um, 
that show is really fucking good uh, and dark beyond reason. Like, listen, if you have, like, if you understandably have issues when it comes to, like, racism, uh, mis- like, rampant misogyny, uh, or egregious violence, do not watch Peacemaker or read some episode descriptions and see how you're going to feel about it. Uh, but James Gunn is doing a pretty okay job here. Uh, the dude who's playing Vigilante put in a tour to fucking force performance in episode four. Uh, and it was like the perfect James Gunn, like, this is real silly, and now it's not. It's super duper not, uh, and this guy is a sociopath. <laughs> <laughs> so, I li- I'm liking Peacemaker quite a bit. Um, okay. I'm trying to think. Apparently, Young Justice is on hiatus. Bullshit. Don't like that. Um, All the other cartoons, like nice, wholesome stuff I watch, also on hiatus. Uh, I think that's it. I haven't seen. How long do you how long do you think till uh, now that Troy Baker's in NFTs? How long do you think till Matt Mercer drops one? Oh, I'm surprised it hasn't happened already. I think it's because Troy had such a big pushback. Maybe? I I don't know. I am really surprised there's not critical role in FTs. Yeah. 100%. Um, I can't wait. I hope they put one out so we can, so the rest of the internet can cancel them properly. Though I think honestly, the people who are going to yell about them having NFTs are already on the half of the Venn diagram. Who's like already over their shit. Yeah. Like, and this is a, like, again, I say this, like critical role fundamentally isn't like a terrible show. It's like the most milk toast version of a tabletop experience, but like, you know, it, it is what it is. If it weren't for the fact that they, like, they don't, they really put forward a progressive agenda and they didn't pursue one until they were fucking dogged about it. And they could have done so much more, so much sooner. They, they also have a tendency to not discourage, you know, white nationalism in the fandom. Uh, they have, uh, you know, the whole Vox Machina debacle with the tv show where people who backed it who don't have prime or sol uh, I, like, I think maybe they got they got an early screener of the because i saw map posting about it huh so maybe interesting i don't know if they got the whole I, again i'm not in this i didn't back that kickstarter i did not want to back that kickstarter um i feel like if you're gonna shop your show around to like a something as though Amazon maybe you shouldn't have done a Kickstarter to begin with. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways. We're 22 minutes into this. We probably should talk about the show. We're on uh, season probably. four. This is the season four energy. Yeah. <laughs> the season uh, four energy of fuck capitalism. Go home. It's true. Go home, world. Um, that's our new... Do we want to do that as our new sign-off? But capitalism, go home, world. Um, oh, my God. 
we're starting season four of Steven Universe. Uh, we are starting with the first three episodes, Kindergarten Kid, Know Your Fusion, and Buddy's Book, episodes 104, 105, and 106. Starting off is episode 104, Kindergarten Kid. It premiered in August 11th, 2016. It was only six years ago. Jesus Christ. Sorry, just remembering watching this as it came out. Mm. Uh, it was written and uh, storyboarded by Raven Mollesey and Paul Velico. The official synopsis, Stephen and the Gems deal with a monster problem. And Again, not C. really. Hmm? I'd, I'd give it a C. I don't know. It feels like a D. You could mention Peridot. I guess she's you, the Gems. Yeah, you you could specifically call out Peridot, which is why it doesn't get like a B or an A. But ultimately, the episode is about dealing with a problem monster. So mm -hmm. passing grade, but not that great. So the episode starts out. We're back in the beta kindergarten. Uh, the Crystal Gems and Steven and Peridot are all dealing with the leftover of Jasper's horrible corrupted gym prison that she created um they are kind of going like hole to hole uh poofing the corrupted gyms bubbling them and sending them back to the temple uh peridot and steven find one uh last one uh it is basically uh, like an emu <laughs> like a horrible emu monster uh and or perhaps a horrible roadrunner monster. Uh, what is a roadrunner if not an emu, but smaller? And I've never seen one in real life. <laughs> uh, I have seen an emu in real life. <laughs> They're scary. They have just a, a threatening aura about them. Um. So yeah, <laughs> the gems try to deal with it, but it it uh it is flighty, quote unquote. And it uh, is able to escape the gems. Peridot makes fun of the gems for getting bested by this here monster. Uh, and till basically Amethyst is like, why don't you go deal with it yourself if you think it's so easy? And Peridot's like, yeah, I fucking will because I'm Peridot and I have boundless confidence in myself. Uh, Steven says that he wants to go help her. She's lost out in the, the wilderness. Uh, she doesn't know what she's doing. They're like, you're really going to go help Paradise? Like, no, I'm, I'm going to go help the monster. Like, oh, okay. Uh, take as much time as you need, says Garnet, while the other gems are confused and they walk away. Um, Steven catches up to Peridot, who is like, oh, did the rest of the gems tell you to bring me back? Uh, and Steven's like, no, no, we're going to do this together. And she's like, all right. Well, the reason uh, that you all suck shit at this is because you're trying to out power these monsters i'm gonna outthink them with my big fucking brain uh so they begin a series of quote parry plans uh to try and take down the monster the first plan is to drop an injector on the uh on the corrupted gym as it's standing in the kindergarten uh the as peridot uses her metal powers to pull bits off of it it doesn't drop and thus the monster runs away uh Peridot is, uh, while trying to get it to actually fall, uh, is happenstantially crushed by a pile of rocks. Then Steven is attacked by the monster. Then Peridot tries to help Steven, but is then crushed by the injector. It's a bad time all around. Plan number two, Peridot has uh, 
retrofitted the injector into a cannon so they can just take care of this thing from far away. Uh, it shows up. Uh, Peridot goes to shoot it. The cannon does not go off. And in fact, it turns into some kind of rocket jet slamming Peridot into uh, into the wall. And the, the monster attacks Steven again. <laughs> Perry plan number three. Uh, they are kind of getting to the end of their rope and so Peridot's like fuck this I'm just gonna drop a rock on it <laughs> Steven's like are you sure that's gonna work and Peridot's like I'm trying my best here uh unfortunately they are spooked by the monster uh who then knocks the rock off on top of them crushing Peridot under the rock who does not poof after all of this abuse um Fast forward a little bit, and Steven and Peridot are out in the wilderness. They're around a campfire. Steven's cooking some marshmallows. And Peridot is lamenting that she can't figure out how to get over this thing. Like, you know, how is this stupid, animalistic thing, a quote-unquote barely functional, stupid, clotty dum-dum, uh, able to outsmart and out uh, outperform Peridot, who is... Who, Peridot's having a crisis of faith here. Um, Steven then begins pelting Peridot with marshmallows. Uh, Peridot becomes increasingly mad, asking Steven why she's doing, why he's doing this. And Steven goes, try and think like a fucking monster. Like, I'm a human being uh, who is scared and yelling at you. I'm a wild animal who's chasing you from the first safe, dry place that you've found here. I'm an angry green gym who's trying to poof you. And uh, this is your life now. This is in your life is endless suffering. Uh, while Pe Steven continues to just throw marshmallows by the handful at Peridot uh, till she like freaks out and takes them from him. He's like, there you go. Now you're in the right headspace. Now maybe we can actually get on the level of the monster. Uh, the next day, Peridot uh, tries to communicate to the monster after Steven encouraging her to think like a monster. Uh, she begins to emulate the monster, jumping around, waggling her tongue in the air. Uh, and then finally, she sort of like kicks the monster, which the monster gets mad at and attacks her. Uh, Steven goes to try and um, break it up, but the monster kicks his ass away. Uh, Peridot grabs onto the monster as it runs around. We get some solid Tex Avery shit going on um, until the monster and Peridot are, find themselves on the cliff to the kindergarten once more. Um, they tumble over the edge before Steven can get over there to save them. They do a full fucking Roadrunner Wiley Coyote fall to the poof smoke in the bottom of the canyon uh, to which Peridot climbs out of a hole uh, with the gemstone. Garnet shows up, uh, surprising them both. Uh, basically, the crystal gems have been hiding there the whole time, watching this happen, laughing their fucking asses off. Um, Peridot uh, is like, okay, you know what? You were right. It was harder than I expected. Uh, she produces a bubble, bubbling the gem, and she taps on top and sends it uh, back, but not to the temple. Uh, to the barn where we see Lapis Lazuli uh, and the bubble uh, floating in the background, uh, Star Wife the End. This, <laughs> this gym is called the Tongue Monster, apparently, in the characters list at the bottom of the wiki here. Uh, fair. <laughs> fair, I guess. 
Um. So at first I thought that based on like the color palette and some of the, the style choices that this was like a return to the new Lars style for some reason. Mm-hmm. But um, once, once everything got in motion, it's like, Oh, I see what they're doing here. Yeah, this is classic Warner brothers. Mm-hmm. They, they were really pushing that like Tex Avery Warner brothers vibe. Yeah. No kidding. Um, it was fun. It's a, it's a fun, it's a fun getting everybody back into the groove episode for kicking off a season. Yeah, for uh, sure. Like it was, you know, it was nice to remind us of like some of the things that had been going on previously, like the stuff with the kindergarten, you know, reminding us, uh, you know, with, with Peridot and her metal powers and, you know, seeing how those have, have come along. Um, you know, it just, it did a good job of, of kind of level setting for the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. And one thing that does see like not, uh, know your fusion doesn't quite do this, but kindergarten kid and buddy's book, do a really good I guess I am also looking at this with the the power of hindsight knowing what the rest of this season sort of entails but they're doing a pretty decent job of like laying seeds in the viewer's mind for stuff that's going to happen later down the road this season and in mm-hmm. particular like Peridot being like oh we don't have corruptions on Homeworld like this is yeah. no this has never happened before this is wholly unique to this planet yeah, because this is the first planet that Homeworld effectively nuked, huh? Mm-hmm. Um, the I uh, big shout out to slightly embarrassed Amethyst, who is cute as hell. Agreed. Agreed. Um, what do you think I, the what do you think the tongue monster? is doing in the kindergarten when it's just kind of like staring at that injector. I don't know. Like, I think I wonder if that wasn't like the hole that that gem came out of Mm. because I didn't think it was staring at the injector. I thought it was staring at the hole. Okay. That could be, that could be, that could be me misinterpreting what the likes, the setting of the scene there was. That would make sense. Well, I mean, I mean, you know, it. I could be entirely off base too, but like that was just the vibe I got because we know, we know from Amethyst at least that you know at least one of these gems has a fondness for for the hole that they came out of. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's entirely possible that this gem was just like, oh hey, there's my hole. It was made for me. <laughs> Amagari fault, fault, but wholesome. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the. Uh, man, I love this tongue monster. It's great. This is like murderous emu thing. It's really like, good. I wonder it's what really the pitch good. for this episode was. Like, somebody walked in, they're like, Wily Coyote and Roadrunner, the episode. And they're like, fucking kid. <laughs> Give this person a raise. Yeah. Just like slapped a sticker of Wiley Coyote to the, the fucking whiteboard. 
Um, <laughs> I'm just like looking at my notes. I didn't take very detailed. There's not like a lot of lore here. It's just a fun episode. It really is. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, we get the we. Well, I don't know if it's like really diegetic that peridots are difficult to poof. Um, but, you know, if if that is the case and it's not just a one off gag, you know, that's interesting to know that peridots are, are t- more difficult to, you know, cause their hard light projection to go away. Um, it I mean, was I'm sure also- it's just part that they did not want to. Because, like, every poofing has brought about a redesign character-wise. And I don't know if they were yeah. ready to, like, give Peridot... Because usually that also, like... The the redesign is, like, a big... Because the character has evolved as well. And yeah. I don't know if they were necessarily ready to do that for Peridot in, you know, these, like, Looney Tune poofing adventures here. Yeah. And I mean, like, you know, from... from a production level that makes total sense and that's why it's like i'm not 100 sure if i'm supposed to actually believe that peridots are that difficult to poof Mm -hmm. um or if like that was just something that was written in there for the episode because they wanted to do the the whole looney tunes riff but um that sequence with steven uh pelting peridot with marshmallows huh yeah that's like the best scene that scene is great frankly it was really really good and really telling about steven's character in particular because of like you know we've always seen him act with a certain level of compassion towards the corrupted gems especially you know with with centipedal uh in particular but like you know he's always been like empathetic towards them. Mm -hmm. And so demonstrating that deep understanding of what might be going on in one of the monsters heads is really interesting. And it's interesting to note the way that, you know, the differences between how Steven and Peridot refer to the monster, because Peridot refers to the monster as it. And Steven refers to the monster as she, um, just kind of telling about like how much they each individually respect the, the monster's potential personhood mm-hmm. or lack thereof. I don't think um, even the crystal gems consistently refer to the gym monster, the, the corrupt gems as she's though either. I don't know. I, um, I'd have to go back and like, now that you've said that I've my my brain has been keyed into it. Um, but honestly, I don't know how much, corrupted gym wrangling we're doing from this point forward in the series Mm -hmm. even at this even before this point we had really moved past that as like a reoccurring plot thing Mm -hmm. yeah and i mean you know it makes sense because you know the series is has probably already told most of the point that it's trying to make with the the gym monsters in particular you know, we've already got the reveal that they used to be, you know, fully formed gems. We already have the reveal that Homeworld did something terrible to them. Um, so, I mean, from a narrative standpoint, it makes sense that wrangling gem monsters is pretty low on the priority list, especially because we've got the escalating tensions with Homeworld specifically. Yeah. Yeah. Looking at the episode 
this is literally the last corrupted gem that we wrangle, I think, for the entire series. Okay. Yeah. Which would, I mean, there's only, there's only 50 episodes left in the entire series at this point. Mm-hmm. Well, the main series, obviously not future, but, um, but yeah. Uh, I also thought that it was very telling at the end um, when Peridot was like, where did it go? And Stephen was like, it went home. And of course, home isn't, you know, the the beach house. Home is the barn with a lapis mm-hmm. um, that was, you know, a nice character detail um lapidot confirmed uh, but also <laughs> amethyst calling her perry and being excited for her and that's got two hands peridot continues to have two hands for most of this show frankly i mean technically peridot had four hands but was it amethyst or steven who threw them into the ocean uh i believe it was amethyst yeah uh, but you're Lapis right. Peridot has some, two hands. Lapis is reading a hair, like a, a hairstylist manga. That's what she's yeah. reading. <laughs> I noticed that. I noticed that. Uh, very good. Frankly, of course, Lapis would be into like weird, like uh, shoujo manga. Uh huh. Uh huh. Or shoujo manga, not shoujo. Well, I don't know. I'm gonna just. I'm assuming. It, yeah. It it could be girls' love. You know. Yeah. You never know. I'm not. I mean, we don't really know exactly what her ships might be. I don't think we've we've gone over what Lapis's ships and Camp Pining Hearts are, but you know, she could be into the shoujo eye. Could be, could be. Um, I love a. I too, like Peridot, refuse to move forward or backwards. Uh, <laughs> And mm-hmm. also, I love the scene where Peridot is jumping up and down and, like, waggling her tongue. It's just so fucking stupid. It's great. It's, it's there's fantastic. Only like, there's, like, three frames of animation in the entire thing, but it's, like, good in that way. Like, you, you, I know what they're going for. Yeah. It's all it's all it needed. Mm-hmm. It's all it needed. Um... There was one other thing I wanted to really touch on. Um, shoot. I wrote something down about Amethyst saying the quiet part loud, but I don't remember what that was in reference to, so. Um, about, I don't know. I don't know. Thanks past me. Because usually I write down, usually if I say something like that, I'll write down the line that it's in reference to. But I guess, I guess it made an impression on past me where I was like, I don't need that. And then future (laughs) me is just like, what the fuck past me? Yeah. All right. Got anything else about uh, Kindergarten Kid? Uh, I do not. Okay. All righty. Next up is episode 105. Know Your Fusion came out on August the 12th, 2016, written by Hilary Florito and Jesse Zook. Steven and the Gems delve uh, deep into what makes 
the makes a fusion so special. Hold on a goddamn second. That official synopsis is different from the the summary. Mm, interesting. Okay, so the sum. Anyway, anyways, fuck it. Um, sure. <laughs> um. Inside the beach house, Stephen and Amethyst are planning uh, to perform some tricks, uh, ostensibly as uh, smoky quartz, because if you're, you remember, they have like a yo-yo gimmick. Um, they're like, we might as well go ahead and do this because we're going to look so suspicious. We're going to look suspicious. And then Pearl uh, is like, I guess baking something is like, what are those two doing? They're very suspicious. Uh, mm -hmm. So they finally ask them and Stephen and Amethyst, uh, who are adorable in this uh, section, are like, uh, so you know that we had an epic showdown with Jasper, but do you know who defeated Jasper? And they're like, Peridot? And they're like, no, not Fer us. It was here. <laughs> and then they turn into Spooky Quartz. Um, immediately Garnet and Pearl lose their fuck ever-loving fucking minds as Smoky Quartz does a bunch of yo-yo tricks that are destroying the house. Uh, as the house is basically being torn asunder, um, Garnet and Pearl fuse into Sardonyx, who sort of stops the commotion, uh, and wants to know more about Smokey, and wants to see what Smokey can do, but obviously inside the house is a bad place to do that. So instead of going outside the house, uh... Sardonyx takes them to Sardonyx's room because apparently if you're a fusion um, while you're fused you have a room like a bespoke room inside of the temple which would make sense because Garnet has a room uh, but one would assume that Ruby and um, Sapphire also have their own individual rooms uh, so uh, we go to Sardonyx's room and it's like the set of a late night talk show uh, and Sardonyx is trying to get more information about Smokey. Uh, Smokey is wants to talk about yo-yos real bad. Wants so wants to talk so much about fucking yo-yos. Um, there is an audience, uh, quote unquote, uh, here inside of the thing. There's at least a laugh track uh, here at Sardonyx tonight. Um, they kind of recap about how Smokey Quartz came into being. Um, and Sardonyx tries to drill down into what, uh, what is, who is Smokey Quartz. Though, again, Smokey just really wants to talk about fucking yo-yos. Uh, Sardonyx throws to commercial and is like, alright, let's, let's find out who the real Smokey is, okay? Uh, and when they come back, they start kind of going through seeing what Smokey can do. Um, first up, we have Hit That Bird. Um, which is basically like, what if Whack-A-Mole, but you shot arrows at it? Trying to... Uh, emulate Opal's uh, arrow firing abilities at the Sky Spire. Uh, Smokey is bad at this. <laughs> uh, the next, uh, the next one is uh, a game called "You Like That Little Man," uh, which is the Sugalite one. Uh, basically, it's a test of strength. Um, there's a lot of fun jokes about we can no longer afford Nicki Minaj to be the voice of this character. Um, Smokey, uh, does her best, or their best, to, uh, 
hit it as hard as Sugalite, but uh, is not nearly as strong as Sugalite. So we finally come to the the last one, uh, Breath of Fire. Basically, uh, uh, they want to see if uh, Smokey has any of the Alexandrite powers of shooting elemental fire, um, and Smokey uh, does not. Um, Smokey starts kind of making like a series of uh, self-deprecating jokes while Sardarx is like, what is the, what could, what about this fusion is being heightened about their personalities and realizes like, oh, it's their insecurities. They were super excited to show us what they could do and we stepped all over their moment. Um, it's, and uh, in that uh, realization, uh, Garnet and Pearl unfuse which uh, immediately begins to destabilize the room. Uh, they can't get back together to fuse, uh, and the room is falling apart, but Smokey, through some sick fucking yo-yo tricks, uh, saves the day. As they tumble into the living room, Smokey unfuses back into Steven and Amethyst. Um, the, uh, Pearl is amazed that Smokey was able to do so much with uh, the yo-yo. Uh, they start um, giving a... Uh, rundown of all the things that the yo-yo can do. Garnet requests a play-by-play -play of the showdown with Jasper uh, that they begin to tell Star Wipe the end. Uh, so. I love Sardonyx. Sardonyx is great. <laughs> I love her he may laugh. It is. the These. This is. Uh, Sardonyx is like the most anime fusion. She really is. Like, is a Sailor Moon bad guy, unfortunately, but is a Sailor Moon character. It It's very good, is the thing. Mm -hmm. uh, um, I, I love the difference between Garnet's reaction and Pearl's reaction to Smoky Quartz. Uh, because it's still very telling of their different their different views on what fusion is and like what the effects of of fusion can be. Mm -hmm. um, uh, did like, you catch the weird visual joke that's in that section? Uh, probably not. Um, because Smokey is talking about uh, don't worry about pulling your socks uh, on. Uh, because I'm about to knock them off again, and Pearl literally has to pull her socks back up uh, when they cut <laughs> back to her. <laughs> oh my god. Delightful. But yeah, it's it's still really telling, just because, you know, Garnet's immediate reaction is, once again, just like, gigantic shit-eating grin, just so absolutely thrilled at the fact that there's another fusion in the house and, you know, thrilled for like what that probably means for Steven's relationship with Amethyst and the way that they've grown together as people. And then Pearl, I don't think that she has as much of a negative reaction as she originally had when Stevani happened, but she's still like very shocked and like not 100% there for it. Yeah. Just, you know, you can tell her attitude's changed, but her attitude is still absolutely nowhere near where Garnet's is. I th I think it's also like 
there's a probably very solid chance that Pearl thought that Steven could not fuse with the other gems. Mm-hmm. Like, the fact that this is even fucking possible is just mind-blowing. Mm-hmm. Which I think is probably true for both of them. Uh, they're just having their minds blown in different ways. Yeah, uh, 100%. But yes, Sardonyx, uh, great. <laughs> love, love Sardonyx. Love that she's here. Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, the move to the, like, the Sardonyx Tonight set, pretty cute. Uh, I love the low-key existential horror of, like, uh, no, there's no odd, like, there's nothing beyond the blight. <laughs> there's just void. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was good shit. It's really good shit. Like, the room provides everything, including a laugh track, but that's all it is. Like, okay. we know the room can't produce anything really, truly new or anything like that. Right. I have the joke in here. It's okay, Smokey. I've been in existence for 35 years and I can't answer the question of who am I? <laughs> yeah, that's a mood. But I mean, like... Yeah, I mean... That's that's a mood. <laughs> the I would I love so um probably like the most underdeveloped fusion uh, of the fusions is Opal. Um probably because like they never thought about ever like they only bring Amy Mann back a couple of times for Opal. Mm-hmm. Um, and Opal just doesn't have a whole lot of lines. Probably the most developed fusion outside of Garnet, obviously, is in fact Sardonyx because she shows up twice for like extended uh-huh. periods of talking. Yeah. Um, but the the just fucking uh, dead on writing to nail personality wise like this like smoky quartz is a mix of garnet or a mix of amethyst and steven like i believe it oh i guess we probably actually stevani is the the most developed one but um smoky quartz they just do so fu- like they do it really well with stevani as well like they're so good at writing these characters that are a blend of two characters personalities mhm uh, cause Smokey fucking nails it, just knocks it, like, the voice actor also just knocks it the fuck out the park, uh, yeah. overall just great fucking character. Yeah, you can tell that it's, you know, Steven and Amethyst's, uh, sense of humor times two, and Steven and Amethyst's insecurities times two. Mm-hmm. It's really good. And to that same note, Sardonyx is... Very much like a, a solid mixture of Garnet and Pearl, two characters who are who can be both self-absorbed and very overconfident. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Although I would I would say that Sardonyx is perhaps a little less uptight than either Garnet or Pearl. Like Pearl is obviously the most uptight character in the show but like garnet does not typically let herself let herself go like that Mm -hmm. and you know sardonyx is very a very wide open 
character with with wide body language. She's not closed off very much. She's not very static. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, did you also but notice... But I mean, that in itself... Oh, go on, sorry. Sorry, go ahead. No, 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 mine's a dumb fact. You go on. Oh, I was just going to say that in itself is is a really good piece of characterization because, you know, that it's also... You know, we're told that just because gems are fusions, like the fusion itself is a different person from the the components that make it up. So, you know, having the fusion be, you know, just a little bit different from the the people who make up the the fusion is also just really good characterization, too. Right. Um, did you notice that all of the footage from previous episodes says footage courtesy of Cartoon Network? No, no, I didn't. It does, yeah. Oh my god. Uh, the Nicki Minaj joke's also pretty great. Like, uh, do oh, we god, still have yeah. to pay her if she's not here? Ah, okay. <laughs> yeah, it was really good. It would be dope if they could get Nicki Minaj back. If they could have gotten Nicki Minaj back, but Cartoon yeah. Network was on the verge of trying to murder this show on a regular basis, so they weren't going to give them Nicki Minaj money for anything. No. Absolutely not. I don't think she had enough of an affinity for the show to, like, do them a solid for free. Yeah. Um, Unless she has, like, a relationship with Estelle. I just don't know. I don't know how Nicki Minaj even ended up on the show to begin with. Um, the, uh, honestly... In the strength contest, like, Smokey is as strong as Garnet, who has been shown to be fucking strong, so, like, seems yeah. fine, frankly. Yeah. Well, I mean, we know we know that they've got to be pretty fucking strong because they dusted uh, Jasper, so... Mm-hmm. Well, and also, like, uh, Sugalite is just, like, by the, like, like you know basic idea fusion is of course stronger than smoky quartz because sugalite's three gems not two yeah i'm just saying i'm, I'm just saying i think that smoky did fine yeah. on the strength contest yeah no smoky's smoky strong mm-hmm. um i think that the ending it was nice to see garnet and pearl arrive at emotional understanding without Steven's direct intervention Mm -hmm. um, because Steven has a history of being the, I mean, yes, they reach this understanding because they are looking at the fusion of Steven and Amethyst, but it's not something that Steven explicitly has to say before they realize, Oh shit, we fucked up. Right. Or Smokey has to explain. Right. Yeah, he doesn't have to act as like their their emotional intelligence in this moment, mm-hmm. which is nice. Yeah, it's very like the the diffusion of like, oh, we we've fucked up so bad here. We've stepped all over their moment. Like mm-hmm. is really good. I mean, also I love the like. <laughs> what's the what's what's the thing about their personalities that 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 would be uh accentuated when they fuse oh it's it's the it's it's the self-loathing oh, okay yeah yeah <laughs> yeah got it yeah um 
but the like the a- after scene of them also i guess similar to when alexandrite uh defused um uh rapidly back uh in the meet the parents episode you also see like during the little whiteout thing like garnet becomes ruby and sapphire and then becomes garnet again mm-hmm. so that's fun um but yeah uh good good it, it feels like we're just we're given like the, the fir- first of the show is like the these three episodes really feel like the like all right are you new to steven universe here's some steven universe here's some like base level steven universe to to get you back mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. um I, I, do we have anything more for Know Your Fusion? I don't think so. I mean, it was, I don't want to say that it was like a filler episode, but it, you know, in hindsight, especially when you mention that, you know, these three episodes feel kind of like, you know, onboarding episodes, it mm-hmm. did feel a little clip show-esque. Yeah, it so. was the closest this show ever gets to being a clip show. Or to yeah, having a so. clip show. I guess in the, I mean, Steven Universe cribs so hard from anime, they might as well have a clip show too, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, not that it was bad and not that there wasn't stuff there, but, you know, it did feel like a a pretty light episode. Yeah. It's a good, it's also like in the sense that Steven Universe is not, is a show that's about teaching kids stuff. It's a good episode of showing kids like, hey, make sure like when somebody's having a moment that you don't make that moment about you. That That's a real dick thing to do. Mm-hmm. So, and doing that in a pretty organic way, it feels like. Um, all right. Moving on to episode 106, Buddy's Book came out August the 18th, 2016, written by Lamar Abrams and Katie Mitroff. The synopsis, Stephen and Connie take a trip to the library and discover a long-forgotten book. Fine. Perfect, frankly. Um, That's it, frankly. (laughs) I could sum this up, but they they did a pretty decent job there. Um, Stephen and Connie are going to the library. They're riding Lion. Stephen parks Lion and uh, turns on his security system. Uh, before they go inside, Stephen has seemingly never been to a library before. It doesn't seem to know what a library is. We're going to discuss that here in a second. Um, while he's looking around the library, he discovers a book, a book by Buddy Bur- Budwick. Couldn't remember Buddy's. I'm just going to call him Burnwick. Um, Buddy Budwick, uh, Captain um, Dewey's first mate when from the founding of Beach City. Uh, inside of it, uh, it talks about Buddy's adventures across the world, um, because he wanted to be a great adventurer. Uh, he basically discovers all of kind of the gym locations that we've seen, uh, in particular, the, uh, Strawberry Battlefield, uh, he goes to the Sky Spire, the Lunar Sea Spire, the Communications Hub, he does end up in the Kindergarten where he meets up with Amethyst, um, he realizes that he's discovered nothing, um, that people have already, obviously people have already been to all of these places. Uh, he laments this and then Amethyst is like, well, why don't you just go to the fucking desert and find the sand castle? Um, which I guess we all would know is the, like the, the gym who is the sand, the sand gym. Sandstone? Mm-hmm. 
No, wait. That wasn't right. You know what I'm talking about. I don't. Yeah. Oh, was it Desert? It was like Desert Opal or something like that. Um, That gym. You guys remember. The one. Uh, while wandering the desert, uh, Dewey, or Buddy almost fucking dies, but is saved by Rose and a pack of lions. Um, Rose assures uh, him that he means no harm. She asks him why the fuck is he out here, and Buddy is rambling his explanation until he hands Rose his journal. Uh, he questions how he can't even find the sandcastle. How kind of adventure is he? And Rose is like, well, you mean that sandcastle? Like points right fucking to it. And he's like, God damn it. I didn't even discover that. And Rose is like, well, I mean, you've chronicled all of these things. Is that not good enough uh, to like chronicle these things and not say that you've discovered them? Like to to like allow these things to like carry on in the future. And he's like, oh, I guess that's OK. So Buddy becomes a writer. Uh, he writes so many books that he starts the library, the library that Steven and Connie are in. It's a closed fucking time loop. Star wipe the end. Hmm. That's pretty much it. This is not a... <laughs> this is also almost a clip show. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah, fun. almost. Uh, Steven and Connie, still fucking adorable together. I love them. Yeah. I love how eager... And willing Connie is to shirk everything for gem shit. It's true. She's like, fuck school. Yeah. Um, the. Uh, do, do, do. Um, sorry, I've lost. There we go. I clicked off on my notes and now I'm, I couldn't find them again somehow. I only have five tabs mm-hmm. open. Um, how the fuck does Steven not know what a library is? Yeah, that doesn't like he like I could believe that Steven's never been to a library. I will take that at face value. But he watches so much television that you're telling me yeah. there's not one library in that fucking fantasy YA novel series that he read. Bullshit. Yeah. I mean, it it's like wizard school. It's it's effectively Harry Potter. There's bound to be bound to have been a library in there. Mm-hmm. Do you think that was just like a, a weird a weird quirk of the wizard book? <laughs> oh yeah, of course they have a bunch of books in the library. Like, uh, uh, it just doesn't make any sense. No. But somebody, please, God, get this boy into school. Frankly, <laughs> the older Stephen yeah. gets, the more concerned I am about Stephen's overall lack of education. <laughs> Yeah. He doesn't even have to go to, like, public school. It's fine. I can understand that. But somebody get some, this boy some schooling. I mean, he does fine. We see later in, in future that he does fine without a formal education. But that's just, we're just that's lucky. Good. Like, it's not. Steven's just a solid kid. I don't think that. I think it's just luck, frankly. Yeah, Probably. Uh, I would like to confirm that we raccoons do, in fact, have heat vision. See, uh, <laughs> I actually literally have in my notes, Brian has heat vision confirmed. It's true, I do. That's uh, how I do all of the forging. Yeah. Um, uh, I love that Steven immediately is like, yes, the gyms would be an old-timey close. When we don't uh-huh. have a lot of evidence, we see the gyms back in, like, way, way back, and they kind of basically look, like, they keep the same genre of look to them. The only time that they dramatically s- change is, like, the 80s. 
No, we have the picture of them uh, on the ocean with Garnet punching a shark, and they are wearing period-appropriate clothing there. Oh, that's fair. But maybe that was, I don't see know. see if I yeah. can find it. A- You're probably right. They probably did change when they started interacting with humans more. Garnet punching a shark. Okay, yeah, hang on. Yeah, Let me- you're right. I remember this. I'm looking to see if I can get a high res. <laughs> uh, yeah, Pearl, they're they're wearing. Are they wearing like what they're wearing uh, in this in this flashback? Yeah. Except Rose. Rose is not. She's just but Rose. In the flashback, she's just Rose. But in the image, it looks like she's wearing a shit. I, I can't tell. Send it to me. She's got a cravat or a scarf. But yeah, these are the and this is probably where Steven got the the idea of what they should be wearing, too. Yeah. I mean, they probably started adjusting their their appearances when they started interacting with human beings more. Mm hmm. Um, the other big stuff is Rose, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, now we we have an official connection between Rose and Lions, mm-hmm. uh, which is good. I cannot um, wait for you to figure out why Lion is pink. Oh boy, because it was it's going to be it's going to be revealed to you in a way where you are going to lose your fucking mind, August. I know it. I know it. Deep down in my soul, you're gonna be you're gonna scream when it happens, and I need Anya to text me when it happens. When you scream. (laughs) I will make sure that Anya does the thing. (laughs) I also wrote in here, of course, Pink Diamond is down for this Christopher Columbus ass motherfucker. (laughs) Yeah, I was like. I was like, they're just not going to interrogate any of this colonialism, huh? No, that's the. They don't have a great track record of interrogating colonialism in Steven Universe. Yeah, it's just like the colonial impulses of I'm going to go where no one's been before and I'm going to to be the first one there and I'm going to explore it. It's just like, bruh. I mean, I guess they kind of get to that in the resolution. Like, it's not about discovery. It's about, like, your experiences and... Like in in sharing those with people, it's not about having a thing for yourself. It's about sharing stuff with other people and all that jazz. Uh, Yeah, it's it's not the greatest. It's especially coming from Rose. Yeah, Uh, yeah. It was like I feel like I feel better if it was Amethyst who said this for some reason. Yeah, or literally the any of the other gems, but Rose Quartz. Noted yeah, war it's, criminal. it's a lot. It's a lot coming from her. Uh-huh. Uh, but I do um, like like they're like, yeah, we're picturing Jamie because this guy's real dramatic. But it's yeah. also but, but Jamie was also uh, Captain Dewey in the play. So Jamie's just every character in the past. Yeah. It would have been hilarious if it was Steven playing Buddy, uh, because he played Buddy in the play. (laughs) Yeah, but... 
Oh, I can see why they why they went the way that they did. Because I'm wrong. It's, I'm super it's wrong. Pretty fucking. Stephen was oh? Captain Dewey. Oh. And Buddy was everybody else. That's right. Oh, right. Because it was a two-man show. Yep, yep. So actually, this is perfect casting. This is in line with fic- the fiction. Yeah. Uh, Good shit. Mm-hmm. Well, that's it, frankly. <laughs> There's not much else to say about Buddy's book. Cute little episode. Uh, kind of onboard. Yeah. Literally, these three episodes sort of onboard you onto like, all right, this is basically a, a solid idea of what Steven Universe be. Yeah. Um. And I think they do a fine job of that. There's not they're not meaty, but you also don't necessarily like if you're. It's they seemingly do this at the beginning of every season. Frankly. Mm-hmm. Um is like, here's a quick onboard of what's going on with Steven Universe. Except I don't think they were going to do that with season five. But see, this season ends on such a fucking wild note that they can't possibly do that. So, um, But yeah. Fine. Completely fine episodes. Yeah. This would have been like all, a 30-minute episode cute. if we hadn't ranted for 30 minutes at the beginning. <laughs> Yeah, you know what? That's okay, though. Mm-hmm. Um, next week. Next time, not week. God, I'm literally 40 episodes into this, and I still do the same fucking bit. Um, next time, we're going to be covering episodes 107, 108, and 109, Mindful Education, Future Boy Zoltron, and The Last One Out of Beach City. While these three episodes were real light, that's fucking not true next week. Holy shit. Uh, is this shit gonna get fucking wild? Pretty quick. Um, Hell yes. The... Honestly, Mindful Education is gonna have, like, maybe one of the... Like, probably second only to, like, Stronger Than You. Uh, tier songs in it from the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, last one out of Beach City. I think I know City. which song you're talking about. Yeah, last one out of Beach City also has some good music, but it's all like licensed music from a uh, from like a band. Huh. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah. Uh. Gonna be a good time. Let's see. Did we get any questions in the meantime? Do 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 do. We did not. Um. <laughs> Uh, if you want to send us questions, we love we love hearing your takes, getting your questions, especially about next time. Um, definitely, I feel like people are going to maybe have some opinions about Mindful Education and, and Last One Out of Beach City. Um, mm. Please uh, get those to us. Either you can contact us on Twitter. We're at GaySpaceBot. We, we don't post there, but I do monitor the Twitter. So if you tweet at us, I will see it. Uh, but I just don't post there. I, I'm too busy um, posting on the other podcast. <laughs> like I'm too busy posting on like the Roomware podcast Twitter, uh, where it's just like d- d- more. Do you want leftist politics? Oh, you came here for tabletop RPGs. Sorry for you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um. And, um, but also join our discord. The link is in the description below. Uh, we have a great discord community. Uh, everybody in there's chill as shit. 
uh, it's a good time. Um, uh, check out me in August on the Twitch. Uh, we play games every Monday. We're rapidly coming toward the to the end of the Oddworld series. Uh, honestly, I've been enjoying Munch's Odyssey. Like, it's a little janky, but it's just janky because it's from 2003. Um, that's just how it is. But otherwise, mm -hmm. been playing pretty good. The puzzle design, pretty solid. Um, liking it a lot better than Soulstorm. Yeah, Soulstorm just had some absolutely crushing puzzles. Yeah. Um, and it, I may be liking uh, Munch's Odyssey because I do keep breaking that game in wild ways <laughs> because it is a janky <laughs> 2003 game um you know what that's fine yeah that's half the fun of puzzle games uh let's see by the time you're listening to this uh theoretically the finale of the room where it happened season two will have happened uh so that was cool hell yeah what's going on in ftl land august um so Is it still sagas we're, next week. We're rapidly approaching the end of sagas. There's like as of this as of this episode going out. There's like two two more parts left. Uh, at the end of February, we'll be starting uh, season six. Um, on February fourteenth, um, I'll be launching a Kickstarter. It'll be live for a physical version of my uh, GM-less game, Ocean Tides, a game of entanglements at sea. Uh, you can sign up for updates uh, and to see when the uh, Kickstarter launches over at tinyurl.com forward slash ocean dash tides. Um, let's see. Uh, Anything? Where are we going to be at with dumb kids? We're uh, we're rapidly approaching ooh. the end of uh, season two. There, yeah. Uh, well, we won't be at season two, but we will be next week. If you're listening to this, it's it will be Wednesday. So if you're on our Patreon, the the dumb kids Patreon, we don't have a Patreon. Don't give us money for this, <laughs> please God. Uh, we'd have to feel like we have to put in actual effort if. Uh, people paid us money for it um but if you're a patreon subscriber for dumb kids you'll be being destroyed it's that episode you know the I'm one excited. <laughs> yes i do i'm excited uh all righty well then uh I th so you did it last time so i guess it's my turn yes all right uh listener i implore you be like Cookie Cat and waggle your tongue in the air. Peace. Peace.